Welcome to the Purposeful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nora Kanajan, a certified health and wellness lifestyle coach, NLP practitioner, and public health educator. This show is for the trailblazers who desire to live more mindfully, learn new ways to unlock mental blocks, step into their God-given power, lean on their faith, and truly embody their next level selves. Tune in every Monday as we discuss all things health and wellness, psychology, and current events that impact our overall well-being. Let's make some waves. Hello, happy Monday. Guys, I am so excited for today's episode. As you read the title and clicked on the episode, you know exactly what I'm excited about. It's my birthday. Oh, it feels so good to be recording live in action. Today was so productive. I woke up much earlier than I thought I wanted to, but I had so much energy and it's a special day. I woke up, got ready, went to the gym, came back, hopped on a call, got so many birthday messages and phone calls that I had to answer and I'm hoping I can get through this podcast episode quickly without getting another call. Um, I don't want any interruptions because what I'm about to talk about today is super exciting and important. And though it might not be your birthday today, these are some lessons that I have accumulated in my toolbox of experiences that I want to share with you to inspire you, to help guide you. And maybe you've learned some things in your journey that if you'd like to share if you feel called to share i'd love to hear that and read about it you can always reach out to me in my dms or if you want to email support at norakanajan.com i check my emails periodically so i want to read your messages and see what things you've learned so i can share that with my audience so let's dive right into it today has been super gloomy and little rainy, snowy. Honestly, we've had all four seasons in just 36 hours. All last week, it was really nice. Friday to Saturday, it was like 70s, 80s, and then Sunday, it was like a little rainy and cold. And then this morning, we woke up to snow. So there you have it. It's Chicago in a nutshell. But I got into thinking. I want, and I've been typing this out for about a week, and Originally, I was going to call this 32 things I've learned in 32 years, but I don't think you're going to want to listen to me for, I don't know, over half an hour. (laughs) Um, But it will be a blog post that will go live. But I wanted to pull 15 things out of there that I thought were important enough to share in a podcast. And these are more of the highlight things that I've learned from the 32 things that I've listed. Also, this is not in any particular order, so it's just as the thoughts came to me, I'm writing it down. So number one, you're going to outgrow some relationships. This is just a part of life. This is part of our evolving and our growing. Um, It's actually a really good thing. Each new endeavor or goal requires you to level up in some way or form. Some experiences challenge you to unlearn past beliefs, to change behaviors that no longer serve you, and sometimes like all relationships that hold you back. Those who uninspire us 
to do better and to be better, whether that's growing in faith and career or health-related goals, are the first to reevaluate. I'm not saying cut people out of your life in a negative way or, you know, cold turkey, um, but some friendships or relationships just naturally dissolve. Uh, I've let go of a few relationships that no longer served me, and I wouldn't really want to call it toxic because I didn't allow it that to get that far where it was toxic, but um, it was very one way, and sometimes there's ebbs and flow and you support your friends more than you receive support from them but this you know particular relationship or friendship i had it was it just always felt one way and during covid it just naturally dissolved because we weren't seeing each other enough there wasn't you know there wasn't the excuse of isolation and seclusion and i honestly thought it was like a good opportunity to let go of things that no longer served me. Like if I wasn't missing someone or something, that was a good time for me to just let go of it. So that can happen. Reevaluate friendships that or relationships in any realm um, that aren't really serving you to be a better version of yourself. Um, you can really sit with your body and just feel that in your body. When you think of someone, how does your heart feel? How does your mind feel? Do you have anxious thoughts? Do you have maybe a bit sadness or whatever it is? And just dig a bit deeper into that. I just want to add, we're not meant to hoard connections, especially with those who we've outgrown. So people come into our lives for different seasons, different reasons, and some people stick. Some people stick for a certain, you know, duration of time. We don't know the expiration date, and others just are passing by. Number two, stop comparing your life to others, especially on social media or others around your age. Oof, this is a tough one for me, I'll be honest. It's not so much that I compare myself to others, but to my aspirations that I've had five years ago or even 10 years back for myself, goals that I thought I would have achieved or where I am in life, um, you know, being married, having kids. At 25, I thought I would have all that together. But now thinking back, at 25, I was nowhere near close to where I am now and also the maturity I had to – or maybe not maturity, but like the emotional intelligence of going through certain hardships to get to where I am. And I think I really do believe that it's made me stronger and more confident in who I am. So just putting that pressure on ourselves, and I always do that, and it's normal for us to like, okay, by 35, I'm going to do this, by 40. Like it's good to have goals, realistic goals to be hopeful to, you know, working our way and getting to, but also it's okay if it's not exactly when we wanted that to be. So um, I'm constantly in a cycle of comparing myself to the avatar I created for myself years ago and where I'd be in life. But like people share their highlights in social media, right? And rarely they share their real life behind the camera. Newsflash, not everyone has their shit together. And that is so okay. We're ever evolving and unique and therefore our timelines and time frames are going to be different trusting god during the unsettling times especially 
And when those insecure thoughts comes is the only thing I know I can control in these situations. So that's where my faith comes into play even more. So I just wanted you to be reminded that it's okay to not have everything the way you thought you would have and that to keep going. Because when you evaluate your journey, are you closer to where you want to be? And if the answer is yes, then the timeline can shift. The time frame can shift. But maybe your goals as you evolve changed and that's normal too. So just have grace with yourself in that process. Number three, do the scary thing. What are you most afraid of? Why? What would it look like if you were to do it? What would happen if you failed? What would happen if you succeeded? I've learned that imagining and feeling the things that I am the most afraid of have the almost equal opposite argument. So if I were to, let's just, you know, hypothetically say that the business that I've built for a couple years is going to fail. Okay, if I've truly felt what failing in a business feels like, confident in yourself enough to know the difference. And I just thought of the serenity prayer. And in short, it is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This is so important. And if you can, you know, write this down or Google it, just have it saved somewhere because if you're like me, you probably need this reminder of this prayer pretty often. So, well, maybe not often, but it's just good to have. Number four, other people's opinion of you is none of your business. Pretty self-explanatory, right? You can ask a room full of people what they think of you, and they each will have a different answer. This is because they've either prejudged you based on their own personal bias or insecurity, or they just saw one version of you. Think about how many versions of ourselves there are based on our emotions alone. When we're happy, we show up a different way. When we're sad, we show up a different way. When we're frustrated, anxious, yada, yada, yada. It's unfair to really know someone based on what they allow you to see. How well do you know yourself? Truly, how well do you know yourself? If your answer is a bit challenging to respond to, then think about how little others know of you. And on the contrary, if you think you know yourself very well, how would others who haven't spent their entire life in your mind or in your shoes know you? How could they know you as well as you know yourself? See what I'm getting at here? No one knows you like you know you. Don't let their opinions take up free rental space in your mind. We are so hard on ourselves and our thoughts alone sometimes can hinder us from our goals and dreams and ambitions. So don't let unsolicited judgments, opinions, or thoughts of others tarnish you so you are now more hindered from said goal or ambition or whatever you have that you want to do. And at the very basic level, don't let other people's judgment of you define who you think you are. A lot of this is internal work, guys. Being okay with yourself, being at peace with yourself, learning about yourself, getting the support you need to work deeper on your healing, on your own journey, on your own clarity of who you are and what you want to do is going to really help you block out all the haters, all the, all the people that 
they're just projecting their own insecurities for their own selves onto you. Number five, enjoy the simple things. I know this might sound cliche, but these past few years, I've really been enjoying the simple things in life. As I type this, I'm listening to the wind chimes, sipping my homemade cold brew, while listening to the birds chirp in the background. I underappreciated nature often because I was so encompassed in my phone, my laptop, in work, and whatever task I thought I was so apparently more important at that time. Now, I intentionally take the time to go outdoors more, even if it's cold. I used to hate going outside in the cold because it was so uncomfortable and I wasn't used to it. And I grew up in the Mediterranean Sea, so for me, the warm climates is my uh, natural habitat. But I've assimilated to the cold Chicago winters, and hey, I've survived them. So it's just more mental, and this goes to, you know, show that our mental our mind gives up before our body actually does so remember that when you're at the gym as well but i i had to be intentional to go outdoors and not be distracted with technology and just listen to nature i learned the names of most local birds when i see them now but a few years ago i had no idea who what any of them were and honestly i feel proud that i can name them all now Maybe not all, but like the most common ones in the northern Illinois region. And I know it might sound trivial, but like I said, I barely even noticed their presence a few years back. So this is a win for me. Number six, perfectionism is the enemy of progress. I used to think I needed to have everything go perfectly the way I wanted it to or else it wouldn't look good or people wouldn't take me seriously or it wasn't good enough. There's been so many, now that I think about it, art pieces. And if you know me, you know that I like to draw and um, sometimes paint. But so many of my sketches I've left unfinished. When you look at it, it looks finished. But in my mind, I always feel like I can add more. I can tweak it. I could do something. And some of them I had to just decide, like, okay, this is finished. But I struggle with that perfectionism of can I make this better? Or how can I make this better? And sometimes what's done is done. You don't need to go back. It's okay. I struggle with procrastination sometimes. And I ask myself, is it because I don't want to do the task? Is it too mundane? Or am I feeling insecure about the outcome? Am I afraid I will fail? I like to journal on these questions often when I notice procrastination happening because it helps me identify the roots cause of the procrastination. If the task does feel mundane, then I try to make it exciting somehow. I can make my environment uplifting and listen to my favorite playlist while doing the tedious tasks. I remember when I first started my business a few years ago, I would feel envious of mentors or other coaches in the industry who would have typos in their launches yet sign so many clients. While I tried so hard to make everything look perfect, design everything, the color schemes, everything's matching. It was just appealing to the eye and, you know, just try so hard to make the damn thing look good. But then I'd only have a few few people notice or sign up. And in regards to grammar, I'm still a bit adamant about grammar and spelling, but I also think I might be more mindful of it because I am an immigrant. I just feel like I struggled a little 
more in the beginning to correct the grammar. So now my eyes are a little more sensitive to it. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but I'm more cautious of it. So don't come for me if you see a typo for me, though. So I, I am human. I know. I'm human. And I said I'm trying to let perfectionism go. So if you see that, maybe you can celebrate that I've <laughs> let perfectionism go out of the window for that moment. Number seven, slow down. This lesson virtually seems impossible to successfully adopt in our lives. With the normalization of the hustle culture, I'm using air quotes here, we feel behind and we're overworked and just working ourselves into the ground. And for what reason? What are we rushing to? The end goal for everybody is the same, right? Death. So sometimes I have to think about it. Like, what am I working so hard for and rushing to get to? Honestly, I robbed myself of the joy of each launch I had in my business because every minute I launched a project, the next minute I just start a new one or I go to the next best thing, this shiny new object, you know, and I felt like I had to keep going or else I'd be irrelevant. But on the contrary, actually, I have no physical evidence to support that cause, to support that case. On the contrary, when my energy was aligned with the work that I was doing, I actually sold more offers. My first sale was when I was asleep. Yeah, I worked hard to get myself there, but I didn't have to in order to be successful. After all, you get to define what success looks for you. Slow down and enjoy the life you're co-creating with your creator, God. Slow down, take a breath, breathe, be. You don't have to always do. Number eight, be faithful. In short, have faith. If I didn't have faith, there's no way any of this would make sense. Faith sometimes defies what we perceive as logic. It might not seem logical to quit the corporate world with steady pay and dive into the uncertain world of entrepreneurship and have inconsistent pay. However, I've learned that I can actually make more money, sometimes working less, and actually enjoy creating a new balance of work and play. I have faith that it's all going to work out, and it'll all be okay. Even if the ending is a little different than what I had anticipated, I have accepted that I'm walking in faith. I'm trusting God to take over the parts that I can't control and being okay with whatever the outcome is, even if it might cause momentarily pain or frustration or discomfort. Faith without action isn't as effective, though. I'm not saying just have faith and everything's going to work out and you just sit back and chill. You have to put in the work. Faith is the foundation of your vehicle, but your action steps are the wheels that actually get you there. Oof, write that one down. Number nine, make time for your health. On paper, I knew this would be a priority. I'm a certified health and wellness coach. I'm trained to teach people to prioritize their health. But if you were to ask me if I was doing it for myself, shamefully, I'd say no. I don't really have an excuse. I just didn't make it happen. In some of my corporate years, I used to get paid to work out. When remote working became more of my lifestyle, I struggled with making the time to work out. It was no longer embedded into my schedule. I fell into the rut of neglecting physical activity, and I really have to go out of my way now to make it happen. And honestly, in full transparency, for the past three weeks, I've gone five days a week, and I've 
worked my ass off and it feels so good to be stronger again, to feel more confident in the gym and not as intimidated as I felt the first week I went back. A little embarrassed to admit this, but it took me about a year to actually prioritize my health and actually implement a structured program to not only keep myself accountable and on track, but to actually enjoy the process. Y'all, I hated the idea of going to the gym. I felt so bored and just uninspired, but now I've been praying so desperately for God to create excitement and creativity in me so I would go and get it done. And I've not missed a day in the five times a week program that I've scheduled for myself. Number 10, there are no shortcuts. I thought I could find a hack or a trick to achieve the goals faster. And if you know me, you know I love tips, tricks, hacks, you name it. I love little shortcuts. Some things have a shortcut, yeah. But bigger picture things, nope. At least I haven't found out a way. And honestly, if you have, let a girl know because I'm I'm interested. I'm interested. The goals I have are way too big and it require a next level version of myself that only exists if I put her to work. The journey is the process. You can't cheat your way or find a shortcut into losing weight and getting toned. That's just a simple physical example I can think of, but bigger picture when you when I think of where my business will be in five to 10 years, where I will be as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a, you know, as I prioritize and reprioritize my career versus being at home and just navigating what will be in the books for me in the future. It's very clear that I can't cheat my way into having a successful business. Yeah, there are some ways to perhaps make certain goals easier to achieve, but there's no shortcut that actually works to get you where you want to go. Because to be honest, if there was one, everyone would do it. So accept that you got to put in the work. And I'm not saying work, 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 work. I'm not saying just work yourself to the ground. Be realistic with what you want and how much effort you're going to have to put to get you there. Number 11, model the best. If you want to be great at something, learn from the best. Find the best of the best in whatever field or skill you want to excel in. When I started a business, I hired mentors that I looked up to, that I liked their model, their business model. I liked that they were able to help find peace and healing and encouraging their clients to not only work on themselves, but also fundamental ways of creating a business model that actually works for itself. So that way you're not working yourself to the ground because most of the people that start a business either want to share what they've learned, their knowledge, that they're not able to do so in a in a field or organization that's hired them to do a certain part of what they've learned and skills they have, but they want to be the brand. They want to create the financial freedom or the workflow and to expand and just do things on their own term. So I hired people that exemplified that, that lived a lifestyle 
that I also would want to live. And what's so important about this is that the people that you want to either hire or books you can read for free or podcasts you can listen to for free, audiobooks, there's just a plethora of resources out there. And to be resourceful is also a skill that I've learned. Maybe I can add that as a lesson too, to be resourceful. But also find a mentor or a coach that inspires you because they've proven a path. I learn from everyone around me. I find their super skills or their knowledge and wisdom, and they're usually more than happy to share what they know. So it doesn't have to be one person, obviously. Like as you grow and evolve and are part of different communities, you're going to encounter people that inspire you and that hopefully you can ask them if they'd be willing to share for some insight. And I learned these three things when doing that. One, when you're just starting out, you're you're kind of like the clay molding, right? You're going to want to need a little bit more building, a little bit more maybe editing, removing, reshaping. It's not, nothing is set in stone. Nothing is concrete yet. Number two, enjoy the journey. Number three, Your best is not the same as somebody else's. So it's okay to have a mentor that, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there, only made a few million dollars versus a mentor that's made billions of dollars. So you got to find people that are relatable to you and not just be distracted by the glitz and glam. And in the industry that I'm in, in the health and wellness coaching industry, There's also a mirroring industry of business coaching that kind of gets foggy when people hire business coaches, especially, you know, like five years ago, it was really popular in my network of career opportunities. And I felt like so many people, just because they started a business on their own, thought that they could teach others to do the same. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. It's not good nor bad unless you have education that you can, you know, share with others and be a good teacher in that realm. But to be a coach in something, I think requires a little bit more of just an anecdotal evidence that has made you, you know, successful in whatever ways you define that success. But I saw that to be a successful, I'm just using this as an example business coach. I saw that if they had designer bags or designer car or, you know, going on lavish vacations, living in lavish houses, it almost proved that they were worthy or it appeared that way that look at me, I am worthy of coaching you to make money because I've made enough money to have this lifestyle. And though that's amazing for them, they might not be a great teacher to show you the way. So then you're spending your hard-earned money in hopes that you can get to whatever place that they are in and compare yourself to them and then feel discouraged if you're not reaching there. So be really careful in hiring any coach, including me. Um, There's so many other coaches that you might work better with. So there's no ego involved for me when I'm saying that. Go find people that you can look up to that are mentors because of 
not who they are just as like a person and just their energy frequency to be aligned with yours, but the knowledge and the wisdom they have to share. So I know that was a long one, but it's important. No one can get through anything alone. We all need support. We're humans. We need connections. And if you're fortunate that have that mentor or someone you look up to in whatever you're doing, uh, I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you. And keep that person close. Number 12, be your best. You can't always be the best, but you can always be your best. And you can't really ask yourself more than that. And to be honest, I learned this the hard way. I always tried to model from being the best. And I felt like I always missed the mark. I felt like I wasn't good enough because I put myself on such a high pedestal that was so unrealistic for me to get to for you know, where I was at a certain time. So if you're new to an industry or new to a goal, be the best for you. Don't compare yourself to a triathlon if you haven't gone to the gym or ran a mile in like, I don't know, a decade. So be realistic, be realistic, be realistic. Number 13, set boundaries. Now I'm going to try to keep this short because I've already had a podcast episode on boundaries and if you go back to it, I think it was like last year sometime, you'll find it. But setting boundaries for the people that are around you, for family, for work or coworkers or tasks and responsibilities that just surface, you got to know what you're going to say no to because if you say yes to everything, you're saying no to yourself. You can't do it all. And if you're like me, you've probably heard that before. Ignored it. Burned yourself to the ground. And so desperately try to come out of that. Promising yourself that you won't say yes or overcommit. And then when ebb and flow happens, you start adding up, piling up responsibilities and tasks. Before you know it, you're there again. So set your boundaries. And if you need help in how to do that, past podcast episode on setting boundaries. Number 14, life is not static. When I was younger, you know, now because I'm 32, <laughs> not old, but when I was younger, I thought I would make a lot of money and then live off of it. I was thinking like a static lake instead of flowing river, you know, just I just wanted to be in calmness because I have the energy to, um, maybe not the energy, but the ambition to do a lot, multitask, go everywhere, be everything for everyone. And I just have that innate nature that sometimes is good, sometimes not so much. Definitely is, there's opportunities where it's a disservice that I should reevaluate. But for the most part, I always thought like retirement looked static, like, ooh, just a calm lake or an ocean, just listening to the birds, chilling, you know. But then I was thinking that would be really boring because if I live a lifestyle not incorporating that or integrating it into my lifestyle now, why do I think that in 40 years from now or whatever, I, I will? What would change then? Things flow in and things flow out. People flow in and people flow out. 
Our bodies change. Our skills change over time. We're ever evolving. So there is no such thing as living statically because to be honest, as long as you're alive, you're not really static. I'm regularly surprised by how people have made something more of themselves or how they've let themselves go. It's also a reminder to find a sustainable path in life. Seasons change and there are cycles to everything. It's all about the ebb and flow. And lastly, number 15, follow the growth. This goes hand in hand with life's not static. So I love metaphors and I'm going to share this one with you guys. When you get on your surfboard of life, follow the growth, find the waves. And when there's no wave, make one. I pick projects that grow me. I find people that grow me. Sometimes projects or people that challenge me to think a different way. We're in this new trend, which I don't like it. And maybe I'm being a little biased because that's just what I've been around lately. But I like to believe that not everyone is this way. But there had been a collective acceptance for you're either this or that. And if you're not this, well, then you're not that. So it's very extreme mentality. And we as humans do not operate in that space. You can be a few different things. You don't fit into one box, but never the other. As you grow and evolve, that should be invited to diversify your thoughts and yourselves and just to be more than just one label. So find people that challenge you, that grow you. Find tasks and projects or whatever that do the same. Oftentimes what I do is if there is a skill I want to master or some knowledge I want to acquire, I not only go and find research from databases and, you know, I'm not saying like scholarly, academic, pre-reviewed, peer-reviewed content. I'm talking about just a social idea of certain things. And I like to do my research, form an opinion, but also be okay with the opposition and go into that world of the opposition and just try to understand their mentality, their reasoning. To be honest, we're often very similar than different. It's just how we've been taught to think or how we've learned to behave or act a certain way. And some of those are not just like verbal education. Some of those are seen in the household, um, habitual learning or our environmental influence. So it's good to find the market that feeds that growth for you. Also related to this, it's important to know when to quit. And I'm not saying this in a negative way that, oh my gosh, I can't believe you quit, you quit, you failed, whatever. No, none of that. But it's important to be realistic in how far you can go. And it's okay to cut your losses. Quitting the right things and sticking with the right things is an art and there's a science to it. It means knowing yourself and working on your anticipation skills. I regularly look to the future, find the trends, figure out where to put my time and energy for the best waves. But life's not static, which we know. You're growing or dying, climbing or sliding. There's so much ebb and flow. And the theme of this podcast and the theme of my brand and my rebrand is that riding the wave, making the wave when you need to, but also knowing when to just ease 
ride the wave, see where it goes. Maybe just take some time off surfing, right? And then coming back to it. So I wanted to get this podcast episode up and running without you waiting too long for it and without listening to it for too long. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed recording it. And if you want to read a more elaborate and the remaining 16, sorry, not 16, 17. Hello, 32 minus 15 is 17. Hello, math. All right. So if you want to read the blog post, that will be live. I'll share that in the show notes once this episode airs. And thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. And for those who wish me a happy birthday, thank you. I see your comments. I see every message. And I love you. And I'm just so blessed to be in this space and to share these thoughts with you. Thanks for listening. And as always, God bless. Be well. Wait, wait, before you leave, I just want to thank you for being here and listening to this episode. I would really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with a loved one, colleague, classmate, whoever you'd like, because together we can help spread encouragement, education, and inspiration to help others live out their purpose-driven lives. Thank you again for tuning in this week, and until next week, be well.